All right, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. Um, as always, very glad to have you back for another week. And I'd like to introduce you to another phenomenal guest today. Uh, we have Mr. Ben Troop, uh, who is an author. He's a son, he's a father, he's a motivational speaker. Uh, you might know him as a, a former Florida Gator where he was a first team All-American or uh, during his professional NFL career with both uh, the Tennessee Titans and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, hey, welcome to the show today. Are you interested in real estate? Are you tired of hearing about all the money that your friends and colleagues are making from their investments, but you don't know where to start? Don't worry, I got you. At Time Out with the Sports Doctor, we're teaming up with Dr. Ronnie Shalev, Shower and Properties, to bring you the information that you need to feel empowered for your investments. Dr. Ronnie Shalev is an ER physician turned co-founder and CEO of Shower and Properties. So what do you need to do to get involved? Number one, go to the website, click on our sponsored link to see how you can do a free webinar as well as set up a call to speak with Dr. Shawin. Also follow her on social media and stay tuned for Money Mondays coming to you soon. All right, now back to the episode. Hey man, thank you for having me on, Doc, man. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So. You know, we got to chat a little bit before I hit record. And like you said, you're a country boy, right? Like sweet tea and shade trees. So yes, sir. tell us about growing up in Georgia. Oh, so I'm from a little small town, Swainsboro, Georgia, about an hour south of Augusta, about, I want to say about, I want to say hour to the west of Savannah. Basically, you're not going to get lost and end up where I live. If you end up where I live, <laughs> you're way off the chosen path. But, yeah, yeah. you know, having, and I come from a, I come from a town where everybody knows everybody, you know, regardless of skin color. And mm. I think what happens is, you know, when I had, you know, grandparents is such a unique thing now. Most kids don't have grandparents. I had five. I had a great-grandmother, two grandmothers, and two grandfathers. So when you got that kind of family dynamic, and I knew them, it's not like, oh, that's your grandma over there. No, you know, my great-grandmother, Nella Louise Edwards, my, my two grandmothers, Cora Bell Williams, you know, Molly Troop, my grandfather's Clifford Troop, James Edwards. On top of the fact that I come from a big family, it's the greatest, man. And, you know, growing up in the South, you know, yeah, we got dirt roads. My my dad's mom, she had a cast iron stove. She had no indoor plumbing. We had a well. We had an outhouse. I thought, listen, using the bathroom outside, I didn't want to be the one have to have to have to go dump that bucket. I said, no, I'm not dumping it, <laughs> but, you know, but chicken coops. But what happens is they instilling so much in you because there's so many of us. So they found time to like really, really like nurture me. And uh, it, it's the best, man. Being from Swainsboro, Georgia, I wouldn't change it. Um, and, you know, I never knew my life would become what it became. But it's almost like when that when that core is built in you, you know, my mm -hmm. mother being a God-fearing woman and, you know, my dad being such a hard worker. And it's like, not only do I know the two people I came from, I know the people they came from, you know? And I think that now... I tell people all the time, I am my grandparents' wildest dream. These people got yep. to be up in heaven saying, this boy right here has yeah. lost his mind. But <laughs> they didn't, they couldn't do the, listen, the doors that they opened, man, I just walked right, right through them, the, the blades that they trail. But uh, I'm just enjoying it, Doc. I really, really, I get a kick out of my life sometimes. I tell people all the time, you know, you get all these questions. I've been on all these, you know, panels before. And I was in New York City on a panel. And I'm the athlete, so they're going to ask me last. they like, well, right. let him give y'all answer so he can put together, formulate an answer. And this lady said, I hear you know what the American dream is. And I was like, I do. And, and she was like, and every, listen, when I took a room, probably like 500 people, it got yeah. dead quiet. Like, what is he going <laughs> to say? And I said, the American dream is ordinary people living extraordinary lives. That is the American dream. Because it has to be attainable for all of us. And she right. goes, well, what is extraordinary? I say, extraordinary to me is what I chase. Extraordinary mm. to you is something different. And it's not it's not predicated on what the world says. And in their mind, it was like, and I go, look, man, I just look like this. Like, I, I done did a lot of things. I ain't got no business doing <laughs> but. I said, fried chicken, where I'm from, is real fried chicken. Fried chicken up north, you can take that skin and just pull it off. That ain't fried chicken, bro. If it's <laughs> sticking to that meat. But at the same time, it is my job to be my full self 
as much as I possibly can, no matter where I am, no matter who I'm talking to. And a lot of times, you know, I, I feel like Shannon Sharp, when I watch him on TV, that's, he a country boy like me, like, Right. The stuff he says, like referring to his grandma, we say things like, man, I had a girlfriend in college and we were sick. I was sick of her and she was sick of me. That's country <laughs> talk. That's, that's how we talk to each other. But he's on national TV, right? So yeah, yeah. if I'm a country boy, I say, oh, that's that's how we talk right now. So when they see me, I know I'm a representation of more than just a troop family. But uh, I take pride in it, man. I, I get it out, you know. My friends that know me know, hey, man, you still buying your T-shirts from Walmart? Yep, because they call sold out. You know, I get them in a pack. And I think what happens is, however I was without, quote, the fame, the fame only highlighted what I already was. If I'm a jerk with no money, I'm a jerk with money. If I'm humble without, I'm humble with. So I'm the same, me, man, just getting old. Got a little little grand beard, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, Just trying to hopefully every time people see me, the greatest compliment I get is they say, you John, son? Yeah, you. You Cheryl, you Cheryl Snyder, you Cobra's Grant. They they see me through them, so right. man, they don't. Never, you know they gonna. You know the football is is a part of me, but them man, them people I come from. If if my mom and dad get a reality TV show, it's gonna be the number one show on TV. I'm telling you, <laughs> these two people they gonna pay them to be them. But uh, I'm just enjoying yeah. the ride. I'm just yeah. enjoying the yeah. ride. Yeah. So number one, the country boy statement. So you know you're from the country when. The first thing you do is start explaining where you're from in relation to another bigger city, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew yeah, so the exact same way. <laughs> the easiest way is no. Most people have never seen a dirt road. My grandma yeah. used to live off one. Most people yeah. um, hear about the quote red clay in Georgia. We used to really mm-hmm. eat it, and people go, "You <laughs> used to eat dirt." I said, "Uh, <laughs> if you want to look at it like that, but." Right. We have a thing called a pine tree festival to where we take little baby pine trees like this big. Yeah. We tie yeah. them up to a light pole and right. we have a, a parade. So it's, I, I don't, I've obviously lived in big cities, man. I've lived in, you know, New York, New Jersey, California, mm-hmm. you know, Florida. But what I get a kick out of is when I got, you know, Vienna sausages in my, you know, at Wall, I'm, I'm, I'm buying food and people like, they looking at me like, I said, yeah, that's two for eighty nine, right? That's two for eight. They thinking I'm, I, it does, I'm not embarrassed, man, because right. I could do the listen. I, listen, I can do the city slicker thing, man. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah. live in the, and the city is a listen. The city is a great place to live, but when something happens, somebody like, <laughs> oh man, it's a bug over here. People like losing their mind. I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? They're like, I go and kill the bug. I like, bro, we we finna have a we finna do, you know. It's going to be like a panic attack in here. So right, I, right. I, I I appreciate being able to adjust. And, you know, I lived in Augusta, Georgia, too. I didn't live in Swainsboro my whole life. I lived there until I was in the fifth grade. And I moved to Augusta, Georgia my uh, my my when I went to middle school um, and high school. And you talk about a transition. I tell you this all the time. I only was able to make it at Florida because I went to Augusta first. If I okay. go to Gainesville, now mind you, Gainesville ain't no metropolitan area right. now. No, it ain't Miami, it ain't for yeah. a lot of the but culture is a real thing, man. So being around, like, a, I went from a city, a town, because Ransville is not a, a, a city, it's a town. Right. I went from a small town to a big city, to where I went mm-hmm. from knowing everybody to knowing nobody. Right. I went from having to, listen, I thrived, and a good, I thrived in Swains, but I had to learn how to survive in Augusta. I didn't know mm-hmm. games that I saw on TV. I said, wait a minute. I told my brother, I said, wait a minute. The boys in the hood were like Crips and Bloods. That stuff is real. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, because where I'm from, if it, if we did have them, we didn't know. Now, now mm-hmm. it's different. But, yeah, man, my life has been incredible, man. I, I laughed, man. The first flight I ever got on, it was at... I think it was at seven fifty. I got to the airport like seven thirty because I knew nothing about it. It was like, "What flight are you on?" I'm on the seven fifty flight. It was like, "What?" Uh, you ever flown before? No, it's my first flight. Uh, this ain't gonna be your first one. So, right, right, right. I, I, the mistakes that I, the mistakes that I've had, and the bumps in the road that I've had, I wouldn't change it, man. I, it makes me who I am. I don't. The whole notion of if I can go back to I, which I wouldn't change nothing, because I don't become the person I am now. But uh, it's all relative, man, and it's all worth it. And no matter what, don't give me no sweet tea if it ain't sweet. I'm like, bro, that's I said, listen, <laughs> that's dirty water, man. Give me some sugar, man. That's not, that's not gonna cut it over here. You know, I don't right. want iced tea. Iced tea is cold, dirty water. No, I want right. sweet tea. I want. I don't want to see the sugar floating at the bottom. 
but I wanted to be sweet, but uh, that's that's gonna be me for life, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. you have your filet mignon, man. Just give me, give me some, you know, give me some greens, some some rice and gravy, some, you know, maybe some some fried uh, catfish or fried. Yeah. You know, I'm simple, and and yeah. I hope I never change that. And obviously, I'm doing all I can every day to not turn it to my dad. So hopefully, I, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I, I'll, I'll hold it off for another twenty years. So good luck with that, right? <laughs> So at what point did you um, separate yourself as a football star? Is this the first time you stepped on the field or were you a late bloomer? Or how did that go? Wow, I was I was a very late bloomer. Um, I didn't play high school, full disclosure. My seventh grade year, I was playing, I was small then, and I was playing like cornerback and I got ran over by, <laughs> by a big running back. I quit. Yeah. Like that's the only time I've ever quit football. Did not play. I quit. Like gave literally gave my helmet and shoulder pads back I'm and done, had to become. And I had to become a professional liar the rest of the year. No, no, it was yeah. I had a medical because people ask, "Hey, dude, why aren't you on the team no more?" Play my um, eighth grade year, single middle school. I was like a backup running back. Played a little bit. So I got an older brother. He older than me. So he had me traumatized by high school. Oh, high school is this, high school is that. So I'm so afraid of what high school is going to be. Didn't play no sports my freshman year. Nothing, <laughs> just a student. Just focus on being a student. Then I realized, sure. that's when I realized, even though I didn't know, I can't I can't get my perception of something through somebody else's view. Sure. Now, like for that. my brother, that was, for him, yeah. But for me, I'm like, okay. And it kind of helped me adjust to high school. Now, my sophomore year, this is the crazy part. My sophomore year, I went from, and this is no exaggeration, I went from probably five nine, five ten to like six three over a summer. My mom's like, I got a tall mom. My mom's like five eight. My mom said I went to sleep, and when I woke up the next day, she was looking up at me like, what? Like, like overnight. <laughs> so you know, the coach is like, hey, are you gonna play? Are you gonna play? Yeah. So I, I started at tight end. Never didn't even know what tight end was until I played it. I'm like, what is that? What's a tight end? I know what a wide receiver is. So I played my sophomore year. My sophomore year in high school, man, I was a kicker. I was a punter. And I was starting tight end. Loved it, right? Junior year, I was a, I was a backup tight end. Uh, in Augusta, Georgia, Butler High School, not a prestigious high school. We're not putting out big-time D1. We didn't even know what D1 was, man. Like, we – and Augusta, Georgia, too, is, is too many high schools. So, sure. I remember this. I'm on the field. We're practicing. And it's this guy. He got a little pen and, he got a little pen and pad in his hand. I don't know he's a reporter from the Augusta mm-hmm. General, from the Augusta Chronicle. I heard him ask my coach. He said, hey, man, what about this kid over here, tall kid? He goes, his name's Ben Troop. He said, he is George's best kept secret. The next day, the guy writes a story about me because I was getting a couple of letters. Like, I'm getting letters. I'm getting yeah, yeah. South Carolina State. I'm getting Georgia Southern. I'm the getting locals. North Carolina. I'm getting North Carolina, South Carolina, a couple of offers. So I thought. So... When we first moved to Augusta, we used to use my cousin's address. Her name was Hope. Her address was 1892 Neptune Drive. One day, I'm sitting in the crib. We got a screen door. Once again, country people got a screen door. All glass. <laughs> got to have a screen door. Now, we, we, had, we had to upgrade a screen door. Like, it's a screen, but it's really glass. We just call it a screen door. It's oh, glass. Nice, nice, so nice. she knocked on the door. I said, what's up, Hope? She's standing there. Hope was a little lady. She got two bags that look like they six feet tall, look like they're taller than her. Filled to the top. Letters on, t- I mean, so what it is is I was getting letters. They was just going to my cousin's uh, address. She told me, bro, you can't use my address no more. You get more <laughs> mail than me and my husband. And what happens is North Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech. And I realized, man, how great of a coach I had. My coach, Coach David Land, used to always stress, handle what you can handle. Well, he's talking mm-hmm. about control what you can control. He's talking about off the field. And, um, man, my junior year was incredible because I got to go on all these visits, man. I ain't know about no official visits. I got right. to go to Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and, uh, and I went to Louisville. And first time I got a chance to fly, I was so nervous. <laughs> so this time, out of Augusta, I make the flight. It's at eight. I get there at seven. I'm ne- <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, please, God, I don't want to get on this plane. Because like most people, I think it's going to crash. Crash. Right, right, right. That's my last day. I on fly Earth. from Augusta to Atlanta. I And anybody that's ever been to Atlanta Airport, Atlanta Airport is like a, it's like, it's like, it's like a continent. It's so freaking yeah. big. Absolutely. So I'm trying to navigate this. I'm 16, 17, because I, I think I'm 16. I graduated when I was 17. I'm so nervous when I get on this plane. <laughs> I'm so nervous that I fall asleep. And the lady next to me just let me put my head on her. She said the whole time, you like, she said the whole time, you like, oh, because ain't nobody, I didn't know what turbulence was. I'm like, what? Right, you know, the plane right. is shaking. But 
Doc, I will say this, man. It's it's the greatest feeling in the world because I couldn't afford to go to no football camp. I went to one football camp, University mm-hmm. of Georgia. My mom couldn't afford to send me. My coach was like, Coach David Land, man, just get him up here. Took me up there. And, man, I'm seeing all this talent from around the state. You know, because we don't, my team don't, we, no, we don't make no playoffs. Ain't no, mm-mm, ain't no state <laughs> championships over here. We don't so you got your 10 team. games, right? <laughs> People want to play us in homecoming. But uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it because I didn't know what exposure was doing to me. Like, I'm going to Athens. I'm seeing all these athletes. I'm shaking hands. It's, it was, it was, it blew my mind because I still got a Swainsboro mentality. Like I'm in the city now, but I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to stand out. So this is when I knew it was different. Went to the Georgia camp, you're supposed to play two positions. So if you play tight end, you got to play defensive end and linebacker. If you play safety, you got to play, you know, receiver. I'm over there with the tight ends. They're going to say, all right, defense positions. I'm getting ready to run over to the, they go, no, 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 no. You stand over here with me. What you mean? No, 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 no. Like, I didn't realize how how tight Georgia was recruiting me. Georgia Tech coach called me and asked me, am I going to a camp? Mind you, I know my mama ain't got no money. I'm like, no, I'm not going. Right. I, I pick up the I look up. It's the third day of camp. I look up on the hill. Then I go to Georgia Tech coach. They call me with his arms folded. I say, wait a minute. Don't just go to different camps. And uh, right, right, right. Yeah. I, just, I just know that in 2000, February, the first week of uh, National Signing Day in 2000, myself, Carlos Rogers, who ended up who ended up winning the Thorpe Award at Auburn, at yeah. Auburn me and Isaac West that went to Furman, we was on, me, I'm sitting in the middle, Isaac on one side, Carlos, we was on the front cover of the sports page in Augusta, on the Augusta Chronicle uh, that Thursday. They put three high school boys, one mm-hmm. is a military brat, the other one from Thompson, the other one from Swainsboro, so none of us are from here where we where we go to school right. at yeah and it's humbling because that's forever they could have put anything right. you're gonna put three high school and man i end up being a part of the number one recruiting class in 2000 man i got i met guys from man missouri uh the first dominican i ever met his name was carlos perez he's from he's from the dominican republic hoboken new jersey when he first told me he was dominican i didn't even know what that meant because i'm not cultural. because <laughs> i'm dominican yeah. i'm like yeah 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 so then his parents come down he starts speaking i said wait a minute well you speak spanish for real for real right, he, right, said, right yeah. he said that's my first language i said you had to learn english and he goes yeah i said how did you learn english without without bad night he said sesame street that's how I learned English. And I told him, I said, as your homie, yeah, don't tell nobody else that. Like, <laughs> They're not going to receive it the way I received yeah, it. Right, but right, it's, right. it's to this day, I let exposure be my teacher. I don't try to, I don't try to limit anything. I don't try to hold myself back because, because I wasn't hesitant to get on that plane. I got to go to Louisville and all these different places because I wasn't um Coach Pugh. The head coach of South Carolina State that just beat Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl was at South Carolina. He drove to my house in Augusta and drove me back to South Carolina. Like I, you know, I'm connected to so many yeah. people now, man. And uh, right, right. like I said, I never cared about the accolades, man. I don't care nothing about no. If listen, I I appreciate it, but I don't care about no praise, no accolades, no. I'm not walking around with my stats on no on no on the back of no shirt. I just know that. When you think about the troop family name in Augusta, college, NFL, we enjoyed it, man. We we didn't we didn't do it for the clicks. I didn't do it for no, you know, look at me. I just had right. fun, man. I did the best I could with the time I was given. I didn't make I didn't I I ain't, I ain't create no enemies. I didn't I didn't have no animosity. But it's I laugh at it to this day, man. You know, people still send, you know. Uh, cards and stuff to my house to sign them and send them. It's crazy, man. I, I would, my life would have been just fine being just fine. Guys saw something different, and here I am, man, just doing my best to make sure that platforms like yours, I make myself available for. And I appreciate that because what I'm hearing you say is that you never lost that come in touch, right? You've been in the rooms with the big dogs. You've been in the rooms with the NFL execs, but you would rather sit at your table, you know, in Swainsboro, Georgia, with your family because that's what means the world to you, you know? But, and some people let money change, let fame change you. But like you mentioned, it truly just augments who you already are. Your weaknesses still be your weaknesses unless you address them. Your strengths are gonna be your strengths. It's up to us to, to really, you know, look at ourselves and change ourselves. 
Absolutely. Money is just a microscope. Whatever you are without yeah. it, it's just gonna it's just gonna be highlighted with it. And money lets you know like what you really value. All you go listen, the more money you have, the more stuff you have. I say this. All you gotta do is even if you like where you live, every twice a year, just 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 move all your stuff out your house. Just so you can realize, mm-hmm. oh, Lord, I got a lot. Yeah, yes. We yeah. are professional <laughs> stuff. My my home would say, listen, man, we are professional at creating stuff. First, you want a mm-hmm. car. Then one becomes two. First, you want a pair of right. shoes. Then, you got, then people say, no, you ain't late because you don't have something to wear. You're late because you can't pick something. Pick <laughs> something. Pick the shoes and let's go. But I would also say money lets you know, too, like what you're here for. As far as like other people, like I said, look, man, you went from a have not to a have got. You one of those ones. Yeah, you're in the 33% tax bracket. But at the same time. Do for do for people, man. Listen, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do for people without wanting nothing in return, man. A true blessing is when they can't return the favor. That's the true blessing. A true blessing is, wait a minute, man. You gonna do this for me? And you don't want nothing? Yeah. Why? Because somebody did it for me. Like somebody, mm-hmm. there are too many people. My head coach took his money and believed in me enough to send me to a camp. Why? Because he appreciated the type of person I was who just happened to be a football player that he coached. That's that's what he that's how he talked to us. No, I mean, you a great human being. You just got an athletic talent. So how can I help you use this athletic talent as a vehicle to take you wherever you want to go? And mind you, we 17. That's how I told you to talk to us. I used to be like, man, coach, man, I'm just trying to get out of class. Can I can I come to your class? Two <laughs> class? No, no. So I, and here I am still understanding that to much is given, much requirement, much required, and my requirements just keep going up. I just want to meet those requirements. And hey, man, if I can help, you know, God has blessed me to be at the top level, at the top floor. Most people, they'll never go up there. It is my job right, to make right. sure I push that, that L button so it'll go back down to the lobby. And I'm going to mm-hmm. stay at the top floor. That way, when you open up the doors, Doc, and you see me, I'll be like, hey, yeah. man, you, you'll be all right up in here. What you, where you going? You, yeah. you ain't mistake? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I just want to let you know you, you've earned a spot in this room. So be you sure. in this room. Be somebody worth meeting. That's what that's what I was told, man. You became somebody worth meeting, man. You became somebody worth talking to, not because of the sport you play, because that that's temporary. Because of the mm-hmm. type of person you are, you get to tell them about you. Want you know? And here I am, man. Here I am, still doing my best to show my children, show my niece and nephews, show the people that look up to me. Hey, man. People want somebody who is approachable. People want people who are respectful. People want people who talk to people, not talk down to them, not talk at them, not talk over them. And people want somebody who's understanding. My, my, I always tell my nephew that he's a high, the oldest of the grandkids. My nephew Christian, he's in college now. I said, be a kid that's understanding. He said, what does that mean? Understanding means to suffer with thee. So you standing right there with somebody because you you one of the ones, man. Like you get to play a sport. That people pay. Right. College, I love NFL football, but college football, Jesus Christ, woo! You know about it. Yeah. It is why it is, you play. <laughs> it is a different beast, different animal. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you said about access. You know, football has given you access to a lot of different rooms. You know, being an NFL player gives you access to a lot of different people in a lot of different rooms. I agree with you. I feel like my um, responsibility now that I'm through the door is to go back down and bring somebody else up because. You can knock all day long, but unless somebody invites you into that room, many times you're not going to ever get into it. Yeah, and we realize that our life is different when we're in the room. Like, like people, mm-hmm. like we do things right, and people, people don't get. Hey, man, um, I don't know what I'm doing all the time, right? Yeah. But it's like a bumblebee mentality. Like a bumblebee, you know, geometrically, a bumblebee is real, got a big old body, and you see how them wings be going crazy. Bumblebees, mm-hmm. aerodynamically, how they built, they're not supposed to be able to fly. Problem is, nobody told a bumblebee. So right. what'll happen is the bumblebee's flying, and another little smaller insect can say, "Hey, bro, what you doing? What you mean what I'm doing? <laughs> you're not." And, and in a sense, that's us. It's like we finally make it to a room, and we don't quote fit the description of what's supposed to be in this room. And they think, right. "Hey, bro, yeah." Why you got on a blue suit? You know, it's a black tie event. No, they told you that. They, they told me to show up. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I would have worn a black tie event. Or, or here it is. <laughs> now, this is just me. If somebody tell me it's a black tie yeah. event, I got on a black tie. I don't know I got to have on a black suit. But at the end of the day, sometimes we go in rooms who tell the person who want to be in that room, it ain't what you think it is. Like, I don't, I'm not telling you not to go in there. But if you need this room to validate you, don't go in there. 
You got to know I'm in without that. That supposed to benefit from me. I don't supposed to be benefiting from in that room because in that room is temporary. Mm -hmm. Most people in that room, a lot of them in that room, they got to talk a certain way, walk a certain way because they don't want to disrupt. You know the status quo. I'm hey man, I'm a natural disruptor. What you mean? I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do nothing else. I'm giving myself permission to be me every day. I have a meeting with myself every day, and we say, hey, be yourself today. All right, and I and I go attack today. Certain rooms are worth fighting to get in. And I say, sometimes, bro, you ain't in this room for you. You in this mm-hmm. room to prepare the next person who coming through that door behind you. Hey, to tell so that that's that's kind of what we do sometimes is because you know it's like six flags, man. If you've been once, you've been, but until you go, I want to go. And then when you right. finally go, right. that goes down the river. Okay, that go the Batman ride. But when you see the people you came with. And they going, oh my God. Cause in their mind, hey, bro, I ain't, they say, I ain't never been here. I ain't never went to a amusement right. park. You done went so many yeah. times. You like, you, you, man, you like, you work, man, man, go yeah. around the corner. They got, the, don't ruin it. Don't ruin somebody else's experience because it ain't for you. Sometimes you just a means of transportation to get people where they're trying to go. Tell them, hey, man, y'all good. And you out of there, you know, cause my kids will tell me straight up, daddy, we know you ain't getting on no rides, but we want to go. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> It's it's the best feeling in the world to know that somebody's thinking of wanting to do something and they think that you can help them do it. That that's humbling to me yeah. because they they say my dream would come together if I could get him or her to say yes to it. You know what I'm saying? Like you want me to help? Like, yeah. And when you ask them why you think you the one, they'll tell you something you did. Man, I saw you do this thing one time, and they were mm-hmm. they helping you remember something you never forgot about. I did do that, right? You thought it was just simple because you just you just being you. No, right. man. Yeah. Yeah. What, you, what yeah. watching you do it ain't the same. We don't get to see ourselves because we're doing it. But who knows what people are seeing, man? You know, who knows the yeah. fact that, you know, now when I see a kid that's seven feet tall, I'll say, Well, you look like a doctor, but you look like a neurosurgeon. He like, What? I said, Oh, you thought I said you're gonna look like you look like a basketball <laughs> player. No, the world gonna go. tell you that. I love that. I said, yeah. I, I always tell people, I'm speaking to your future you, not your present you. Your present you, yeah, you're going to hoop. I get it. But when you become a neurosurgeon and and I say, hey, man, I can't afford this surgery. You remember me? Yeah, I need that discount. (laughs) I I want a good surgery. You know, stuff like that, man. It's it's, it's knowing that if I know who I am before I step out of my house, man, I got a better chance of attacking the world because the world is going to attack me. It's going to say something to me. Every day. But at the same time, because, quote, when you say I'm doctor, I'm doctor there, you, you, it's like this. You a doctor? I'm sorry. Yeah, last right. time I checked, I went to school for it. I yeah. I went to, you know, I went to medical school. It's like, it's crazy when they go, you're the doctor? Yeah, yeah, my name tag says it. I think so. It's it's, yeah. it's sometimes, man, I say, hey, man, you, I said, listen, we get a chance to do what we always wanted to do, but anything worth fulfilling, man, you got to bring somebody with you. I don't want to, I, I try not to do stuff by myself because I don't want to be everybody you know, crowded around saying, Benny, tell me, Uncle Benny, Daddy, tell me what happened. No, you tell him. You was there with me. It's better <laughs> to just sit there with your arms folded. And, and all you're doing is validating the story. you saying, no, no, yeah. no, no, we did not go. We went this way. You know, it's that's what I've learned is as many people as I can bring with me because yeah. my life is a dream, man. It's crazy. It's, I mean, we were talking about my book early, man. Ugh, this stuff, it, it it baffles my mind, man. It really, really baffles my mind. Cause like I said, I don't, God knows what he's doing. You know, I don't know what he's gonna do with me, but I mean, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna get in his way with doing it. Right. And hopefully, man, I tell you all the time, man, I'm I'm you at a restaurant and you order something and you wait on your meal. I'm the meal that come out before, but I'm steaming. You say, What's that? You don't even know what it is <laughs> the steam coming off the plate. I'm yeah. that. I'm I'm yeah. I'm that. Yeah. I'm hopefully, like you know, that. so and that's all it is, man. I ain't I ain't trying to compete with nobody, man. I, I saw one of my favorite uh, you know, uh, Ryan Clark and uh Fred Taylor and uh Channing yeah. Crowder. I used to play yeah. with Channing Crowder in Florida, you know, what they doing with the pivot, how they gotten all these guys mm-hmm. with when mm-hmm. with, with, with Kevin Hart said the real ones, there is no competition. The real ones, they just want to work. I don't care. I don't care who get the biggest check. I don't care who get the most praise. You know, Dr. Burgess said he need me. Tell me when and where. I don't need a man. We can negotiate, man. Whatever, whatever you think I'm worth. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm a different kind of negotiator, man. I, 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 I like don't that. know. You know, listen. Nobody ever know we did it. Nobody ever know we negotiated anything. I'll just. It ain't that serious to me, man. I don't want to eliminate a, an opportunity because I got a certain dollar sign attached to man. My, listen, 
My kids are money magicians. They make my money disappear. You hear me? <laughs> no matter how big or how small. <laughs> it's gone. So it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, anybody that's listened to this interview understands the first part of your book title, Uncommon, right? So your mm-hmm. book, Uncommon and Unfinished, tell us about, tell us about what it's about. The Sabre training bat is like no other training bat you've ever used before. So the purpose of the Sabre training bat with its modified barrel is so that you can perfectly sequence and get behind the ball, getting the bat on plane sooner, creating less miss hits, more line drives, higher batting averages, and more exit velocity. The Sabre training bat is the number one training bat on the market. Sabre Bats, the training bat that's going to take you to your best swing. Wow, Uncommon Unfinished is all in the name. Um, my life is uncommon. The first one, the first books I ever read was Tony, Jun- Tony Dungy's book, Uncommon. And he said, Success is uncommon and won't be felt by the common man. Well, my life is my, I'm anything, but the, the worst thing I could do is try to make myself be normal. Well, I'm not, not my life, yes. not my life, not my life course, different things. Now, unfinished is, you know, my life isn't finished yet. Like nobody, mm-hmm. like my life is finished when they put that, when they put that dirt over me. So because, and I wrote a title that, that, that a representation of more than just me. I believe that's everybody. My life is uncommon because I recognize it is. First thing about being uncommon is recognize, dude, you're not normal. It's only one you. I got a friend, I got, a, I got a, for friends that are twins. I got friends that are triplets. I got friends in four of them. Neither, why they all look the same, they are not the same person. Right. And, I'm, and, and you know, um, I heard somebody say this one time, and um, they said, when you look at a tombstone, you got two dates. You got a date when you came as well. You got a date when you, when you left, when you died. That dash in the middle is your life. So unfinished mm-hmm. is just fighting for that dash, man. Fight for your life. Because when you get, look, I when you get to the end of your life, they ain't going to be talking about, you know, how many patients died to birth. They're going to talk about how did Derek make us feel? Right. Man, what, what was it about his laugh? What made him laugh? What made him make you laugh? So that's what they're going to be talking about. My life, man, they're going to talk about the football stuff real quick. Oh, he played football for you. But this is who he was. Mm-hmm. This dude, you know, would give you his first because the world tell you, give you your laugh. I give you my first, man. Why would you give me that? Because, man, I don't want to stay the same. Growth is an uncomfortable process, but it's a process worth going through. So Uncommon Unfinished is a, is a title for life. That's just the title that I chose. And my friend, um, man, you know, uh, Andre Drama, uh, he's the one that came up with the title. Uh, I met him at uh, East Georgia State College of Swainsboro, where I'm from. I was speaking there. He was my liaison on campus. And this boy called me in the middle of the night. I read his book that he gave me. He called me in the middle of the night and told me, hey, man, this, this is, you know, he said, man, God woke me up and told me, man, I want to be Uncommon Unfinished. So he so he wrote the foreword. I said, I'm only going to call it Uncommon Unfinished if you write the foreword. And he did it. And B.J. Bennett, that's the guy that introduced me to radio. Remember, I was telling you before the show, so the one yeah. that introduced me to us got so, to show you how we are interconnected, B.J. Bennett is a diabetic. All he's ever done, he's the he's the editor of uh, SouthernPigskin.com. It's a it's a it's a Southern College football rep website talking about the SoCon, the Sun Belt, the AC, the SEC. But he told me all he ever wanted to do was do three things. He said, "I want to get married, I want to have kids, and I want to write a book." So I'm a part of. I will, now obviously when he gives me, I said, "Boy, I'm gonna let you write this book. Don't be giving me this. You know, <laughs> trying to be away on my heart." But at the same yeah, time, yeah. this what makes B.J. Bennett an incredible individual. Man, ghostwriters cost a lot of money, boy. Whoa. Most people start out with a ghostwriter, end up writing themselves because they can't afford the ghostwriter. The <laughs> ghostwriter costs a grip. Yeah. BJ Bennett wrote this book for me. He did not charge me a dime. He wouldn't take my money. And he's on, so I made sure when you see Uncoming Unfinished, the Ben True story, yeah. with right. BJ Bennett. Like, mm-hmm. making sure, because he's a part, we, man, we a part of, I always, I just believe that there is somebody's destiny who I'm attached to. If I don't make it, they don't make it. Cause we gonna we gonna have to we gonna have to intersect at a certain point. I want to make sure I'm ready. And I didn't know I was gonna meet this dude named BJ Bennett. His family are big time. His family is Florida State fans. His grandmother is a Florida fan. The book is a gigantic thank you note letter to to every people, person, person, place, thing that I had to deal with. From I got teammates in there that weren't household names. They weren't. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. Pro Bowlers. They weren't Super Bowl. But Ben Hardstock. Ben Hardstock played tight end for the 2002 Ohio State team that beat the Miami Hurricanes way back when. Grew up on a farm. <clears throat> when I told him he was, because, you know, I had him on my show. When I told him he was in my book, he said, Ben, I appreciate that. He said, because I never thought I made an impact on any team I was on. I don't think that any player right. remembered me. I said, well, I know one that remembers you because I've, I've, he helped me realize who I was again. I'm a, I'm a team player. Football taught me that I'm a team player in life, not just on the team. In like sports, and, uh, it, it's the greatest. It's the, the hardest thing about a book is trying to put everybody in it. Because once you start doing it, mm-hmm. oh, my God, what about this person? What about that person? And I tried to highlight as many people as I can to say thank you from coaches, the teammates, the trainers, to, to, to academic academic advisors. To, it's so many people. But I feel great about the finished product because who knows? God allowed me to write other books. I feel great about it because I didn't have to sensationalize anything. I didn't have to make up anything. I didn't. Have, I didn't need. I didn't need anything to make you go, huh? Or wow? It's it's my life. It, it's awesome. The very first. The very first line of my book is, "I promised my daddy I would never go to jail." That's the very first line, because my daddy was in jail my whole life until I became an adult. So my destiny was supposed to be behind bars. Mm. Then he was. Then my dad also had a drug addiction, so he went from battling, you know, freedom. To battling, you know, uh, you know, drug addiction. So, and this is my hero. And and I learned a lot through. I learned a lot by myself through my pop. So, my uncommon affinity. It's a it's a love story between a father and a son, who trying who he's trying to figure his life out. I'm trying to figure my life out. Do I love him? Do I hate him? Do I despise him? And then one day we sit in the car, and my daddy just let it all out. My daddy said, "Son, I apologize to you. The things I said to you. The things." And what happened was, Dr. Burgess, people think. Forgiveness take a long time. Man, it can happen like that. When my daddy yeah. said what he said to me, it all went away. I guarantee you, without that conversation, I don't know if I'm sitting here talking to you because yeah. the man that gave me life gave me my life back. So the man that I came from gave me me in a conversation. And so now my dad showed me in that moment, vulnerability might be the best ability I have. I don't know if it's going to be the best ability for somebody else. But for me, man, it gave me authenticity. It gave me a level of honesty that I don't got to lie about it because my dad is the best, man. My That joker there, man, I wouldn't trade him for nothing, man, because my dad said it takes being something to understand. It takes being a man to understand a man. It takes being a father to understand a father. It takes being married. He said, so if you don't know, if you just watch something that you're going to become, become it first, then you got different perspective. Yeah. And that's why I am, man. Uncommon and unfinished. I can, I can write a series on uncommon. Listen, I think that everybody's life is uncommon, but you got to realize it first. And until they put mm-hmm. that, until they put that dirt on you, man, enjoy this thing, man. You know, listen to the daughter, but tell the daughter, listen, doc, I'm gonna listen to you, but I'm gonna live now. <laughs> I, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to you. I hear you. I promise yeah. you. But the greatest feeling in the world is my grandfather, the last grandparent I had was my grandfather. He died when he was 93 years old. That's like two or two years ago. That's my dad's dad. My dad didn't want to put his dad in a nursing home. He did not want to do it. So my dad lived in Swainsboro. My grandfather lived in about eight. They would go, him and my two uncles, my uncle Robert and my uncle Clifford, they would go up there and look after their dad. They would take turns. It came time for my dad. My dad said, my mama couldn't understand. Just put him in it. My, my, my mom telling my dad, put him in a home. Put him in a home. No, 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 Cheryl, I can't do it. I can't do it. Finally, he said, I'm going to do it. He said oh, he made a tough decision to put his father in a nursing home because he 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 just too I, I I we don't have the manpower or the hours to watch over him. My dad goes to the facility, call him Mr. Troop, find a facility for your dad. He goes to the facility. The lady, the, my daddy looks down, and he just he just balls up. And uh, the lady goes, uh, the lady who's in charge of putting your father putting your uh, father in a home, her name is Adrian Bellinger, and my dad just lost it. They said, do you know who Adrian is? They said, you know who Adrian Bellinger is? My dad said, yeah, that's who he said. That's my daughter. When it came time for my grandfather to get put in the home, his granddaughter was overseeing it. So my granddad had the best care to is because his granddaughter <laughs> is the boss. Now, my that's granddad awesome. was giving him hell, Dr. Uh, you know, uh, Burge. He, he out, but that's what I'm I come from those type of people, man. So when, when I see people buying my book, because I didn't do it to be on New York Times bestseller, man. Yeah. I did it to I, I did to say, listen, once there is a doctor in our family, we we have doctors in our family. It don't got to be all of us. Once right. we, you know, and and 
I don't want to be, I'm the first in a lot of things. I don't want to be the last. So when my children write books, they say, oh, my daddy wrote a book, or my uncle wrote a book, or my brother wrote, it's like that. It's not, and I'm, listen, I'm about 30 of them when they buy them. I'm sitting there becoming a spokesperson because I've been cheered for so long, I know how to cheer. I know, man, people that cheer and celebrate, I know how to do it. Being hype, man, I, like I know it. how to do it. Yeah. They don't think we're going to do that for them. They don't think that the cheers that we heard, we're going to reciprocate that, man. My nephew, get on my nerve. My nephew, every time I see my nephew, uh, he said, Oh, when you come to the game, just be, I said, No, I'm going to be on the sideline. I ain't going to be up in no stands. I'm going to be on the <laughs> sideline going crazy. <laughs> yeah. I said, and I ain't never even been to Topeka, Kansas. I got to go now. I said, yeah. I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to go in August. I ain't trying to deal with it when it gets cold. I ain't, I ain't trying to right. deal with the freaking temperatures. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of the book. And it's going on the shelf. So now we're going to have a, a piece of Swainsboro, Georgia. Yes, Florida, sir. Tennessee. Yes, sir. It'll be on the shelf right behind me. So, hey, on Timeout Sports Doctor, this is your final timeout. I mean, you've been a blessing to this podcast already. And, you know, a lot of people are going to benefit from this, this conversation. But speak to the athlete about the importance of being more than an athlete, which you've said over and over again during this episode. So just speak to that. I would just tell them that as soon as your sport become a part of you, it's easier to, separ to separate yourself from it. As long as it's your true identity, that's why you care so much when you lose and you love the praises when you win, because that's all you've ever had. Whereas the same you you were going to be with or without it, you got to look at it like that. Man, I just have it right now. And and any sport is, is temporary. Like, I'm going to be a, you're going to be a former athlete much longer than you're going to be a current one. So the quicker you can, listen, separate yourself from that thing, that entity. Stop thinking that. That thing would be anything without you. No, that thing needs you. You don't need it. You think you need the thing. No, the thing needs you. What is a football without a football player? What is a basketball without a basketball player? So they need us. Now, that, that thing has given us a sense of identity. Like, man, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I could take my individual talents and put it with the collective? Yeah, you are here for the collective, not just on this team, though, in life. Give somebody says, all right, Ben, Mr. Trouble. Ben, you tell me if I give all I got, we're gonna win. Nope, but you could you, you can't expect to win if you don't give all you got. Should you even expect and winning and losing in sports has to do with the scoreboard? Winning and losing in life has to do with your effort. What are you giving? Because if I run against you saying, Bo, I don't care how much training I've done, I'm not gonna beat him. <laughs> <Duh>. But <laughs> the goal is to run as hard as fast as you can. I think. It yeah. took, once again, the greatest thing an athlete going to ever do, man, is be a part of something bigger than him or her. You already doing it. You know, and I know we want to win it all, but it don't, it shouldn't stop. You know, uh, the great Bill Curry said football or sports. He said football to me is life. A hundred yards long, 53 and a half yards wide. Everything that happened in life happened on that field. So for me, I learned about giving myself for the greater good of the team, big team, little me. It's not about what I do individually. It's what, what can I do individually for the collective. And when you've had your moment in the sun, when you're good at something, you talk about yourself. When you're great to talk about you, let your resume be the type of teammates you were. To me, I don't know where they stacked me up as far as players and went to Florida. As far as teammates, I'm the greatest there is. I will have a debate with any player. Yeah. I'm the greatest teammate there is because – they said, you know you a great teammate when they got to tell you what you did athletically. I, I, could, to show you, I get to my senior year, we playing in the Outback Bowl, and I am sick as a dog. I think I got pneumonia or the flu. I am sick, and all the other tight ends sick. We had practice. And, man, they told me, I just sweat it out. I'm sweating. I said, but, Coach, it ain't coming out. My coach tells me. He said, this is what he said to me. He says, you're going to be the first ever first-team All-American that's not going to play in the bowl game. I said, I'm a first-team All-American? He goes, yeah, you ain't know that. And to me, that's when I realized, man, don't hold on to things that fade. Like, you remember when we, like, my, my, my mama used to have all these trophies. Man, they all broken up and beat up. But right. <laughs> trophy or not, man, we was there. I, yeah, I won the SEC yeah. in my, my freshman year. I don't got the ring because right. I don't need to walk. I don't need the shiny things to validate me. No, man, I was a part of that. And, but, but. When it comes to being an athlete, make sure that you are, are helping the next generation understand what athletics can do. It could, man, it could do all kinds of stuff. A football in the average person's hands is just going to be a football. A football in Tom Brady's hands or, or Tara Owens' hands or, you know, Kyler Murley's hands. It, it, look at what it's doing for their family. That's, that's giving you mm. generational wealth, generational access, generational exposure. 
But I understand it's just a part of you. You know, yeah. I'm always going to be a former Florida Gator, former Tampa Bay Buck, former Oakland Raider, former Tennessee Titan. I'm being true forever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm me without. I'm me with that stuff, but I'm me without it. And 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate that opportunity. But I use football to get me the same way it opened up doors before. I use it now. Being true, performing NFL tight end, and when I get you in the room, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you. I'm not here to talk about football right. stories. I'm here to talk about right. life, but uh, it's 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 humbling because all that stress and worry and anxiety, I got to let it all go out there on that field, man. Let it all go. Hug your teammates. Tell them you love them as much as you possibly can. Tell them boys, hey man. Tell those boys and young ladies, I appreciate y'all because. I am on the field. I'm not like that in life. On the field, I'm a different animal. But I can be out there. I let it go out here where it's celebrated, so I don't let it go out there where it's not. I don't want to let it go. And it's it's the greatest, man. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And whatever you need as your motivator, use it. But don't let that sport be your identity because when it when it when it's over and your life really begins, you want you want to look forward to it. You don't want to say, you know. Greatest thing is ever. Um, I'm at the University of Florida. I'm speaking. Man, my, my daughter be, oh, that joke will be 11, man. This way she was like five or six. <laughs> oh, this ain't going by quick. And yeah. they had me up there in the football offices as a gay degree. They had me and Jordan Reed and Kirk Kilpatrick as these tight ends. And my, and my, and my daughter goes, Daddy, look, 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 it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. And I'm looking at it, right? And I'm just looking at it. And I'm reflecting on it. And this, and this player walks by and he says, Oh, being true, man, that's you, right? I said, it used to be. See, hmm. that's because that's not who I am now. That's, yeah, man, when I, when I used to do it, yeah, that was me. I think about how far I had come because if I go, yeah, that's me, that's, I don't got to relive it, man. Let, hey, man, let, y'all can decide, man. Was I good? Was I bad? Was I good? Hey, man, I was a player. So, but use it, but enjoy why it's there. Use it as a tool. But when it's over, hey, man, fully embrace. Where you are next, man. Don't, don't, you know, LeBron and Tom Brady got there. I don't think they gonna ever stop playing. I, I, I don't even know how they doing it. I don't know what they're doing. But, uh, hey, man, the, the, the greatest thing about being a, the greatest thing about being a player is being a former player. Because that means you got a chance yeah. to do it. And the reason why people love players are, the reason why we pack stadiums and arenas, because everybody had a dream one point. They're watching I was happening in real time. Mm -hmm. Man, look, look, they're doing it. And, hey, man, I like I, you know, it's, it, it's got to be that. So we we didn't let our dreams get so big that we didn't. Hey man, but we we still dream. Listen man, we still dream chasers. I mean, Meek Mill ain't the only dream chaser out here, man. We dream chasers too. And I tell my son, my son's thirteen. I said, son, difference between you and me is what we imagine. Yours is different because you got a thirteen year old imagination. I got a thirty nine year old imagination. And Daddy's doing it for more than him. I didn't know I was doing it for more than him back then. But uh, enjoy the ride, man. I can sit in a room with any player. I don't care if you was a Hall of Famer. I'm going to pull you out of you. What I do better than yeah. anybody else <laughs> is I resonate with anybody because I had because I, because I had five grandparents. You see what I'm saying? So I'm older people don't speak baby. My grandma said don't sugarcoat nothing but a cake. You know mm. what I'm saying? You're going to be wearing three shoes, two on your feet, and one up your back. Like, that's how they talk to <laughs> me, right? And, and the thing is, so now I say, listen, while they thought they was getting an athlete, they was getting an individual that played athletics. That's like what they're getting. Yeah. And hey man, and, and we all over, man. We we do whatever, man. We 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 all listen, we got athletic stories for days, but who we are as people are just as intriguing. You know, people like Von Miller got chicken coops. We don't care about no chicken coop, but Von Miller <laughs> chicken coop, we'll look at it. And he just happened yeah. to name all his chickens his teammates, you know? So, and, and embrace your weirdness, man. Whatever, if people call you weird, say, hey, man, I embrace it. Whatever you think I'm weird at, that just means you watching me be me in real time. I ain't afraid to be me yeah. in real time. Yeah, 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 I love that. Hey, well, tell everybody how they can, number one, get your book and how they can follow you and your story and your journey. Uh, definitely go definitely go to beintroop84.com. That's B-E-N-T-R-O-U-P-E-84.com to get a copy of my new book. Or my, I ain't even new no more. My book, Uncommon and Unfinished. If you don't want to go there, you can go to, you know, Barnes & Noble's Books A Million, uh, Target, Walmart. It's, every time I look at it now, man, it's, it, these are the bookstores that I know. Um, always follow me at beintroop84 on all social media handles, at Pigskin Radio for my show. And uh, 84 Reads is my podcast um, on Gators Collective. And, uh, 
you know, I got my own nonprofit called Dion Common Crew. That's Dion Common, C-R-U.com. It's just an enrichment program for uh, for high school boys just trying to use exposure as a tool. And, man, if anything, man, just follow me so you can see something about me to make you want to be you. Like, don't, don't follow me to watch me. Follow me to say, right. wait a minute, man, that dude, yeah, man, man, yeah, be yourself, man. Like, I don't know. Listen, I am an expert at being Benjamin. I'm an expert at being me. Now, you, now I ain't an expert. I ain't an expert at being a daddy. I ain't an expert at being a son. I ain't an expert at being a, you know, being a future husband. I ain't an expert at being a, a, a uncle or a son. But as far as Benjamin, hey, man, I can give you the blueprint. I can give you the blueprint of being <laughs> And somebody tell me, somebody yeah. go, hey, man, show me the blueprint of being you. We get a chance to meet. And even with the speaking stuff, I don't get a chance to do it like I want to. But speaking for me is therapeutic because <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't write stuff down. I just, yeah. I go on that stage and I'll say, my name is Ben True. Let's do life together. Give me, you know, give me your eyes, give me your ears and let, let, let's do life together. Because if the biggest fear of people is public speaking, that's the biggest fear, not getting shot, or stabbed, or drowned, or public speaking. Oh, I could do that. You know, I can. <laughs> and uh, just, I'm just enjoying it. I really, really yeah. am. I'm humble every day. Because, hey, man, I'm a has-been now, man. You know, I got, you know, my daughter plays soccer. You know, she thinks she's going to be messy. You know, she thinks she's the truth. My, I got another daughter, man. She, she's my she's my actress. And, 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 you know, my beauty queen and my son plays football, complaining about his offensive line. I, uh -uh. I, I'm a regular dad to the people that matter yeah. to me. And whoever I matter to outside of my, you know, my people, hey, man, I want to hopefully, hopefully, listen, I'm always going to sign autographs. My daughter's going to love it. So I, I still sign autographs. People want them. And can I say <laughs> Can I get an autograph, like, you know, or a selfie, whatever? It's fun. It's fun embracing being who you are. And, hey, man, I don't need nothing for that. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a person that care about money or fame or prestige or prosperity. I care about being the best me I can for as long as I can. Because when it's over with, you know, if I'm married, ain't nobody back. And they ain't gonna have no conversation over there in the corner about me. Do you want to keep them on the breathing machine? Nope, nope, nope. Now put me on the breathing <laughs> machine. If it's time for me to go, I'm out of here. Because I'm gonna die with a dream in me. I came in this world with a dream in me, even if I didn't know what dreaming was. I dream with my eyes open. So when you see Florida, when you see Tennessee, when you see Uncommon Crew, when you see Uncommon, I feel that's me dreaming with my eyes open. That's happening in real time. I'm going to have a dream in me. I'm going to take my last breath, hoping hoping to do something for somebody else. Because those are the type of people I come from. And, I, and if I'm doing that, Darren, hey, listen, as long as my tea is sweet, as long as, long as I got them shade trees, man, <laughs> as long as I get to watch them Florida boys during during the during the season, uh, during the year, in the, in the fall, I'm easy going, man. I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm you know, th listen, better you be the doctor than me because you don't want me walking out. You don't want me to Dr. True, page of Dr. True. You better hope I'm late. <laughs> You don't want me <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Hey, dream with your eyes open. I love that. Well, hey, thank you for blessing this podcast. And we're definitely going to keep in touch. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later. Peace. Hey, time out with the sports Tuned in, trust you don't want to miss. This is where life, sports, and medicine.